This podcast brought to you by Dream and Discover, a podcast series focused on positive youth development. This is Drew Malou. I'm here with my sister Druthi at the studio. Hey guys, this is Druthi. Welcome to our second podcast. Do you recognize that music? It reminds me of Nancy Drew or Sherlock Holmes' book. Detective novels are one of the first few chapter books kids generally read. There is a detective in every book. However, there are skills needed to become a good detective. In today's episode, we are going to talk to a detective named Mr. Michael. Hi, Mr. Michael. Thank you for being our guest today. Hello, kiddos. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Did you bring me on to solve a special case for you today? (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you, Mr. Michael. We don't have a case. You know, I read a lot of detective stories, and this is very exciting for us to talk to a real detective. About our guest, Mr. Michael Kacek is a retired detective from New York City. After his retirement, he continued to work in a private field as a private investigator, as well as a bodyguard and security services, and now he lives in Los Angeles. Mr. Michael, what is it like being a detective? Well, it's really hard to wrap up in a few words, but I can say it's a fun job. There's a lot of work that's like solving puzzles. What kind of puzzles? Well, you try to figure things out about a crime, you know, what happened, who did it, why, etc., So you'll come up with an idea, or as we call it, a theory, about what really happened. And you start to investigate by looking at clues and talking to people, examining evidence. And sometimes it turns out you were right and you figured it out on your own. And that can be fun. Sounds really fun. Very adventurous. Exciting and fun job, I could tell. Generally in movies, they show that detective roles are portrayed very fancy. They wear cool long coats, have magnifying glasses, they hold a torch in their hand, and speak cryptid languages. Don't forget the Bond music in the background. Do you wear special outfits, Mr. Michael? Well, it's possible. I mean, let's say I was looking for a person that I knew they worked in a fancy office building. Mm -hmm. I might try to hang around the lobby area about lunchtime to see if this person leaves the building. But if I'm in a fancy office building, I can't wear my gym clothes, right? So I would probably wear a suit or maybe a long fancy coat to blend in so no one is suspicious of me. Although I don't think I would hold a torch. Someone might call the fire department. (laughs) That's funny, but you definitely don't want that. Mr. Michael, what inspired you to become a detective? And when did you decide that? Like, okay, I'm good at this. I am going to become a detective. Just like I want to become a robotics engineer because I like Legos and robotics. Well, I wanted to be a police officer as long as I could remember. I like helping people in need and protecting those who cannot protect themselves. In the beginning, I was a patrolman in uniform. I started by foot patrol, or we call it walking a beat. And as I gained experience and improved my ability, I rode in a patrol car, continuing to help people and enforce the law. But I had my sights on being a detective. So I thought solving crimes was kind of cool. And I would still be helping people and our society by catching those who were doing bad things. Being a detective, does it affect your personal life? It can. Unfortunately, you do see a lot of sad and bad things, and sometimes you go home feeling bad. And your family and loved ones could think that you're upset with them, and that can make things confusing. I think it's the same thing for cops and doctors, right? 
Yes, it's common with doctors, nurses, medical technicians on an ambulance. It's common amongst first responders. Another thing is people lie to detectives all the time. And sometimes after a while, it can get to you. And you might think people in your life are doing the same thing. So you have to separate work from home. Really? Isn't it opposite? Like they say, never lie to a doctor. Same goes with a cop or a detective. Well, you're not ever supposed to lie, right? But people do because they don't want to get caught. They don't want to get involved. All kinds of reasons. And you hear it all day and every day. And you might go home and go about your life and start to think your family, your friends, the clerk at the store even is lying to you. Or you try to separate work life from home life. But a good thing is you learn how to tell when people are not being honest with you. Now, that can help, for example, when you're buying a house or if you've had your car fixed by a mechanic and something else isn't working. Maybe the mechanic accidentally did something. When you've interviewed as many people as I have, after a while, you can tell when people get nervous when answering you and are not telling the truth. So it can help. Uh-oh. Lying is bad. You know what mom says? If you lie, no lie always comes back to you. <laughs> then it is such a burden to keep track of all your own lies. That's very true. And here's where it's double the problem. Mom's right. Eventually, the lie will come out. So now we have a problem because what you said wasn't the true story. So we have to address the true problem. Then after that, we have a second problem. Why did you lie? It's always best to tell the truth, even if you did something wrong. You tell the truth, you fix it, and move on. If you tell a lie, you just get deeper into trouble. You know, the other day, my brother lied to my mom and got into big trouble. Pretty, you're such a tattletaler. Can we leave this topic here? Okay, fine, I admit. One time I was playing video games and I forgot to finish my homework during the dinner and my dad asked if I finished my homework. I said yes because I was worried that he'll give me a consequence. Then what happened? Next week, my mom gets an email from my teacher that I missed an assignment. She got so upset and Drew lost internet privileges for a week. He was not allowed to play video games with his friends. So there you have it. If at first you were told you honestly forgot, it would have been an honest mistake. But you told a lie not to get caught. And what happened? The truth came out anyway. And there were consequences for not forgetting to do your homework, but for lying and saying you did it. There's the double trouble. Speaking of lying, how can you tell if a person is telling the truth or not? Do you look at their body language and eyes? You know, my sister is very good at reading body languages. Really? That's a good skill to have. Reading body language is very important. Now, if you know the person, you know their body language, their speech patterns, things like that, it's easier to spot a lie. When people lie, they tend to do things like look away or stutter or certain movements, and it's easy to spot. It's harder with a stranger, but as humans, we all have some similar characteristics that are common. Now, what I do with a stranger is at first, I'll talk to them about some things that have nothing to do with what I want to question them about. And I observe their behavior. Then I ease into the topic and I look for breaks and patterns. As an example, they might be looking at me the whole time while we just chit chat. And then I'll say, so did you go to that diner at any time the day it was robbed? And they might look away, but touching the ear and say, who, who me? Uh, no. See, that's a break in their rhythm. Interesting. We as a family played this game called Cop and Thief, the sort of needs detective game. 
Is that a board game? I've never heard of this. It's not a board game, and you don't need any special setup. You just need to create four small tickets with four words. Basically, in this game, there are four players, a cop, a thief, a princess, and a princess. We fold the tickets so no one can see what is inside there. Each player picks one ticket randomly, okay? Ah. If you get a prince ticket, you will automatically win 1,000 points. And if you are a princess, you'll get 500 But if you're a cop, you get 250 points. Only if you catch who the thief is. In this case, the thief gets zero. Let's say the cop couldn't figure out who the thief is. Then the cop gets zero. And the thief gets 250. We typically play 20 rounds or so, and then we'll decide the winner. Wow, that sounds fun. When I get a cop ticket, I can easily tell who the thief is. Do you know how, Drew? Yeah, you always figure out who the thief is. How do you figure that out, Drew? If my mom is a thief, she pretends and she is more relaxed. But if my dad is a thief, he pretends as if he is more tense. You know what I mean. Their body language is weird. By the way, I never told the secret until now. No, Mom and Dad knows their technique, Judy. A true detective will never share their secrets or technique. <laughs> With that, we're sadly wrapping up our show. Thank you, Mr. Michael, for coming to our show. This is so inspiring. We've learned a lot about how detectives work. Okay, kiddos, and I want to thank you both for having me on your show. It's been fun. And I don't know if I would play that detective game with either one of you. You both seem like small cookies that might embarrass me. And I want to leave you with this. As you grow up, always do the right thing. Don't let anyone pressure you or try to convince you to do something that you think is wrong. Remember, if that little voice in your head is telling you that this isn't a good thing, it probably isn't. After listening to Mr. Michael, I'm seriously considering to become a detective. But my mom already set my destiny. A boy can dream, can he? Please follow our channel if you have any questions. Send an email to dreamanddiscoverpodcast at gmail.com and see you in the next podcast.